Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and today we are in week 42 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today, we're going to be talking about questions 110 and 111. And this week, the questions that we're looking at, they deal with the Eighth Commandment. And the Eighth Commandment reads in this way. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 19. We read this, You shall not steal. Very simple, you shall not steal. Now, the most basic definition of stealing is something that most of us learned when we were children. It's when a person takes something that doesn't belong to them. It is when someone takes another person's property without permission or without right uh, and without the intention of returning it. Stealing is dishonest. It, It takes advantage of another person's hard work. It disregards the rights to personal property, and it undermines trust between two people. And if it spreads beyond that, within society, it undermines trust. Now, if you've ever had anyone steal something from you, then you know how important this command truly is, at least as far as it pertains to you and your experience. But as we look to the scriptures, we get the impression that God's prohibition against stealing has a much broader scope uh, than we might think at first. For instance, it is stealing, it is theft to break into someone's home car or property and to take something from them. It is stealing to put a piece of candy in your pocket at the grocery store cash register without paying for it. It is stealing to take someone's pen at work. It's stealing to take someone's lunch from the break room fridge. And it's stealing when you take the robes from the fancy hotel room without paying for it. I've never been in that situation, so I really don't know what that's like. But stealing also includes being dishonest. According to Scripture, uh, stealing is wrapped up in this idea of taking something from your neighbor in a dishonest way. So if if you sell something to your neighbor, uh, it's stealing when you claim that it's more valuable than it actually is in order to get more money from your neighbor. It's also stealing when you claim a full work day even though you left at 2 o'clock. It's stealing when you take advantage of people by swindling them out of money. And it's stealing when you know the cashier gave you $20 back as change when she only owed you 5 You see, there's more to this command than we think at first. And the catechism is trying to help us to see that. Um, so let's look at the catechism. Let's look at the first question. And then we'll get into what the Bible has to say about all of this. So question 110, what is God's will for you in the Eighth Commandment? And here's the answer. He forbids not only outright theft and robbery, punishable by law, but in God's sight, theft also includes cheating and swindling our neighbor by schemes made to appear legitimate, such as inaccurate measurements of weight, size and volume, fraudulent merchandising, counterfeit money, excessive interest, or any other means forbidden by God. In addition, He forbids all greed and pointless squandering of His gifts. Now, okay, let's look at this. First of all, he forbids outright theft or robbery. And that's typically where our minds go first. That's what we've already discussed a little bit. And it needs to be pointed out that it is sin when we just outright take something that doesn't belong to us, when we steal something, when we rob from others. And it should be and is punishable by law. But in God's sight, stealing also includes things like cheating and swindling our neighbors. Now, I don't know if you've read the Old Testament recently. I hope you have, or 
plan to, but the Bible has a lot to say in the Old Testament about accurate weights and measurements uh, in the marketplace. It actually has quite a bit to say about that in the New Testament as well. But the, the idea is that these are dishonest practices. It's, it's talking about a person who puts a 10-pound weight on a scale when it actually weighs five pounds, right? They, it, it says 10 pounds, but it only weighs five pounds. And uh, the whole point is so that the individual can get more money because they're cheating a person. And here's proverb that draws this out. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, says Proverb 11.1, 1, but a just weight is his delight. So stealing is not just about taking what doesn't belong to you. It's also about cheating others out of what is right and fair, which is another form of taking what doesn't belong to you. It's about being dishonest so that you can get something that you have not earned. Uh, stealing is also about taking advantage of people in need, right? So if a neighbor needs help and I sell them a tool that will help them to get a job to make money, but I make them finance the tool at a rate that will keep them in my debt far beyond what the tool is actually worth, then I have taken advantage of them, and it is a form of stealing. And the Bible talks about this as well, about um, unjust uh, practices of interest when it comes to loaning something out to a neighbor or a friend. So instead of being dishonest and trying to profit from that dishonesty, which the Lord calls stealing, he also calls his people to work hard, to earn an honest wage, and then to be generous to our neighbors with what we have earned. In Ephesians 4, we we see this juxtaposition between the life of a thief and a thief who's come to Christ. Let the thief no longer steal, no longer take what doesn't belong to him, no longer be dishonest for the purpose of gain, but rather let this, this person who was a thief now let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. It's not just that they don't that God says don't steal any longer. He says not only should you not steal, but you should be a, a hard worker so that you can take care of yourself and your needs, but even beyond that so that you can have more to share with others. Right? So all of this is encompassed in that command to not be a thief and to not steal, at least according to question 110 in the Heidelberg Catechism. But this brings us to the second question. Then if, if all of this is what God forbids from us, then what does he actually require in this commandment? Well, the answer to question 111 is what I do, that, that I do, whatever I can for my neighbor's good, that I treat others as I would like them to treat me, and that I work faithfully so that I may share with those in need. Now, a lot of that comes right out of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, which I just read to you, but there's more to that. This is really about not taking advantage of our neighbors, but loving our neighbors. And when we don't love our neighbors the way that we should, we're prone to cheat them, steal from them, or take advantage of them. But when we learn to love our neighbors according to God's command, according to the gospel, then we'll grow to the point that we want to be a blessing to them and to help them. We want to care for them, to be honest with them, help them, and be generous to them with what we have. So greed leads us to stealing, but love leads us to generosity. 
And that is what the com- this command is all about. Remember, Jesus uh, takes the commands of God and he shows us how they affect our heart. And, and this command specifically, it gets at the heart. Greed is the heart condition that causes us to steal what doesn't belong to us. But when the gospel pierces our heart, what flows out is not a greed, but a love. The opposite of greed, which is generosity, flows out of that as well. That's what the gospel leads us to embrace. Now, this is something I thought about today. Maybe it would be helpful to you. Have you ever taken stock of the times that Jesus encountered someone that was wealthy? It happens actually quite a bit in in the gospel. Specifically, in the gospel of Luke, there seems to be a specific attention given to the distinction between the poor and the rich. Um, So Jesus encounters various rich people, and he tells stories, parables about rich people. But he also, he tells stories about poor people, and he encounters many, many poor people. For instance, I'll I'll give you a couple of these. When when Jesus came into the world, we see that he is poor. We, We see that he's born in the poorest of conditions. He's born to a poor mother and father, and his birth is attended by shepherds. Not exactly high society folks there. And then during his ministry, he runs into several very well-known wealthy people, and he tells the stories about wealthy people. So he, he meets the rich young ruler, right? But he also told the parable of the rich fool. He met Zacchaeus, uh, and he also told the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, Jesus taught about the prodigal son who had a lot of money but clearly had problems with that money and and it led him into sin but Jesus also pointed out you know the the woman who gave away her last two pennies at the temple there seems to be this juxtaposition between the rich and the poor now what does all of this mean and what does it have to do with stealing well i'm not entirely sure what all of it means but it seems that Jesus wants us to understand that there is a connection between a genuine faith in Him and how much of a hold our money has on our hearts. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, Jesus says. We cannot serve God and money, but we can serve God with our money. Money makes a terrible God. It it can't satisfy us. It can't save us. It it can only make us comfortable for a couple of years before it runs out or we die and then pass it on to someone else. We don't serve money because God tells us that it is the root of all evil and it turns a, a gift into a false God. We don't worship stuff because doing that makes an idol out of something that moth and rust destroy. Instead, we serve God with our whole being. We worship God, not money. We we worship Him with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And then we use the gifts that He gives us to make much of Him. So we should be generous. We should be faithful stewards of all that God has given us. We should use His gifts in such a way that it shows Christ to be God rather than the things of the world. And so as Christians, we need to understand that all of life is a stewardship and every gift is an opportunity to enjoy God and share His love with others. And rather than steal, we should work hard so that we can be generous and give glory to our Father in heaven. 
Well, I hope that's been helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today to learn more about this Eighth Commandment. Now, next week, we're going to continue our study by looking at the Ninth Commandment, which addresses bearing false witness against your neighbor, what we typically refer to as lying. But again, as always, there is more to it. So I hope you'll join me for that discussion as we look at Lord's Day 43 next week in question 112. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at CBC Wiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstone Wiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.